there are no limits to the power He wants to have in your life. And we'll certainly do a series on this, and really it's just kind of something to keep in front of you all year to be praying about, to be believing, but you know, there are no limits on what God can do in your family. There are no limits what God can do in your friendships. Uh, there are no limits in how God can use you. And so I want us to really experience and pray for and help each other have kind of that no limits lifestyle in 2012. So uh, thanks to uh, Julius for uh, getting these done and for working it all out and for Drew being his chief assistant. That was great. Uh, we are starting today a study of the book of Galatians. And I want to just show you a little bit uh, what we're calling our study of Galatians. Grace and truth on fire. And uh, if you've read Galatians before, hopefully we'll all be reading it kind of over and over. It's a, it's a fiery book, and it's fiery about grace, and it's fiery on the truth side. But I wanted to at least show you kind of some of what we're starting off with as we take different sections of the book and go through it. Uh, I'm actually glad that uh, uh, we, we had power problems last week because I've totally changed the title for this week after studying out Galatians 1. But uh, anyway, uh, next week we're going to talk about how a terrorist became a disciple. And whenever we have the word terrorist in the sermon's title, I hand that one off to Julius so he'll be preaching about uh, uh, Paul's amazing and radical conversion story. That'll be fantastic. He retells it. Paul loves to tell a story. It happened in Acts 9. He tells it again in Acts 22. He tells it again in Acts 26. He tells it again in the book of Galatians. He just has this amazing story. He's just got to tell people, you'll, you'll never believe how God has changed my life. And so we'll hear about that next week. Uh, the 29th, we're going to have kind of a big bring your neighbor day. And next Sunday, we'll give you cards for that. We have lots of just kind of the regular church cards that are always in the back that you can grab to talk about all the different Sundays. But we'll have a special one for our, on the 29th. And I kind of thought, oh, should I change the title for the, you know, should I make it kind of seem cooler than it is? And I just kind of thought the Bible's the Bible. If, if you're going to bring a friend and they're going to hear the Bible, you know, if they're going to love God, they're going to need to hear all of it. So, but anyway, I thought actually it kind of worked out because it's how God says confrontation and faith. And when you walk into the Bible, you get confronted with some things. And, and faith is called for from you. So even as we bring all of our friends, I think the band's going to play a few songs. We're going to have a great day on the 29th. And then uh, the 5th, the I just had to show you what we're going to do the first week of next month. We're going to do Dead or Alive from Galatians 2.20. And it's one of those teen-led services. They're already working on some songs and some different stuff. We're going to have the, the father-son combo of Steve and Nick Shaw for going to preach that Sunday. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Perhaps kind of the theme verse of Galatians, probably the one that's most talked about, great verse, Galatians 2.20, but a lot of good stuff come, coming. Amen. So Come I want on. you to turn over to Galatians, and uh, we're going we're to talk about a little truth and a little grace that's on. on fire as we kick off this new series. See what, Jimmy? Galatians chapter 1. Let me, let me give you a little introduction, and then we'll read from Galatians 1, 1 through 10. Uh, sometime, the, the book was probably written sometime between 49 and 55 A.D. I've read several different commentators, and the earliest date is 49, the latest is 55, so to me that's close enough. Uh, Paul penned the book of Galatians, he states that clearly. Uh, you certainly can see his characteristics that, that are in his other books in Galatians. But it's actually, I, I should have known this, but it's... Galatians, you actually know who the people are, or at least you've heard the word for it. Who would the book of, obviously the people in Galatia, but who were the people that came from Galatia? Who were they? The, you're going to know this, think, you really feel special about yourself. Gentiles. 
The, the Gauls, G-A-U-L-S, you've heard the Gauls before? Maybe, maybe not. But the Gauls are, are where you get the word Galatia. You can go back and read all about their history and life if that excites you. But uh, there, it's interesting when you read through some of these commentaries, there's apparently in scholarship, there's this big debate about whether, whether he wrote it to the North Galatians or the South Galatians, or to both. And there are arguments that rage back and forth, and you can just read for hours on that if it interests you. And it, just to be honest, it doesn't really interest me, but if it interests you and you want to read about this, uh, but, but the churches that are in South Galatia are the ones that Paul visited on his first and second missionary journeys, like Iconium and Lystra and Derbe. You remember reading about those in the book of Acts? Uh, Antioch of Pisidia. To me, honestly, without doing a whole lot of study, it just kind of makes sense that probably primarily he wrote the book for the South Galatian churches because those are the ones he went to visit, at least that we know about. Obviously, the whole Bible, all of Paul's visits are in the Bible. But, uh, but, but kind of Galatia, it's, it's kind of like the word, like if I tell you I went to New York, perhaps you'd assume I mean New York City, but there are a whole lot of places to go in New York. They're outside New York City, right? And so... Galatia was like a small area, but the whole wider area was known as Galatia as well. But, but to me, the book is written to several churches. And so they pass it around. I'm guessing in the southern Galatian churches, I hope they pass it around to the northern Galatian churches too and to everybody. So to me, I don't quite understand the controversy. I mean, some people just want to figure it out exactly, I guess. But to me, Paul wrote a book that not only people in Galatia needed to read, we need to read it in Hartford, Connecticut today. And so it's written to these churches. Probably my opinion is that he'd already visited before on a couple of his missionary journeys. In case you're interested, it is present-day Turkey that we're talking about geographically. And uh, possibly written from Ephesus, there's a little bit of discussion and debate on that. But to me, what's more important than even just the details of exactly what year and exactly what place is there's an obvious backdrop of the Jewish-Gentile controversy that was stirring, really was raging in the first century. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, you can imagine, initially when the church kicked off in Acts chapter 2, the New Testament church began, who were, who was, all the people that were being converted were who? Jews. Jews. Yeah. They started with 12 Jewish apostles, and guess who they went to? Their friends. And so, initially, the church primarily grew through Jewish people. And so obviously if it grew through Jewish people, they were all circumcised. We're going to find out about a little bit about that later on. They, they had been used to their whole lives, you know, celebrating the Passover and the Pentecost and doing the Sabbath day rest thing. And so that's kind of what they'd been used to. Now they were converted to Christianity, and that was exciting, it was wonderful, but that was still their background, that was still what they were connected with. Well, then Paul is going to arrive on the scene, and he's Jewish, but he's going to become the apostle to the Gentiles. Gentiles. Yep. And initially, that excites all the Jews, too. They're like, wow, this, this Bible stuff really works. This Jesus stuff works. And so it starts spreading to all these Gentiles. And they're hearing all these great reports about hundreds of people that are converted to new churches that are starting all over the world. And some of us have heard those kind of things, too, right? And it's all exciting for a little while until they start bumping into each other at conferences, you know, until they start visiting each other's churches and they start getting to know each other. And the Gentiles came from a whole different background than the Jews did. And they didn't have exactly the same practices. And, and so uh, there, there definitely is going to be a, a bit of a, it, it would be kind of like when, when, obviously there's not a direct parallel, but I know when we started the church 17 years ago here in Hartford, well actually we started in West Hartford at the good old Elmwood Community Center is probably where our primary place was. Well, if we had only reached out to 
let's, I was just going to say white guys, but let's just say old white guys, just to make it real, you know. If we only reached out to the people of West Harbor, first of all, we would have probably found people that were, you know, 99% American citizens. I mean, you, you know, you, you, would have, you would have found, and, and that would have been fine, but when the gospel begins to spread beyond old white guys, right. guess what happens? All kinds of stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And everybody doesn't. And everybody's not an American citizen. And, and it, it, you know, it gets a little wilder and more fun, but it gets a little wilder and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And this place, you know, they started with, like, you know, initially in their churches, they're like, hey, you've been circumcised? Well, of course I've been circumcised. You know, you're, I mean, well, I'm a Jew, aren't you? And what you, you know, how, what, what did you do when your family had Passover? And, and they had all kinds of connections, but later on that's going to change dramatically and throw a little, uh, uh, mm controversy into the church. And it throws a little into ours sometimes too. When we try to be who Jesus wants us to be, Jew, Gentile, black, white, old, young, rich, poor, Spanish, Asian, fill in the blank. Uh, there'll be a lot of, uh, I think, cool parallels that we can learn from. But what has happened, what, uh, we're going to read here in a second, what's happening in, as the book of Galatians begins is, uh, you know, I, I, I'm certainly not saying it was this city, but let's just say some Jewish people from Jerusalem Paul has gone and established all these churches in Galatia. Then he's moved on. So let's just say some of the Jewish Christians from Jerusalem, they head up on vacation and they visit some of these Galatian churches. Mm -hmm. And so they'll, they'll say to them, hey, have you guys been circumcised? And they're like, of course not. <laughs> Why would we do that? Sounds painful. You know, I'm older. And I know. And they'll be like, oh, what, what did you guys used to do for Passover growing up? And they're like, Passover? You know, we didn't, we didn't really do Passover growing up. And and so what they begin, well, and then, and then they begin, let's, let's say these Jews from Jerusalem begin to say, but, but hold it, didn't Paul teach you about these things? And they're like, well, well, no, Paul didn't really mention anything about that when he preached to us and studied the Bible with us. That really wasn't a part mm. of the study series. Mm -hmm. And then they say, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense because Paul, he, he wasn't really an apostle. You know, he's never even really visited Jerusalem before. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, really? Then, oh, yeah, I come from Jerusalem. And, oh, Peter and James and John, there's some good apostles there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This stuff, and and so they begin to lure in these Gentiles that have been Christians for a short period of time, and they're they're challenging Paul's apostleship. They're challenging what Paul taught them, right. and Paul gets some word back from them. And the Book of Galatians, it's it's really a very interesting contrast because in the Book of Galatians, Paul is ticked off. <laughs> I mean, he is angry. We'll talk about this a little bit more, and I even encourage you, if you go back and read like the way Romans starts, or the way Ephesians, or Philippians, or Colossians are, he's like, oh, I've been praying for you often, I love you so much, you'll have personal...